How are we? Uh, I hope you're doing well this Wednesday evening, and I appreciate you all for tuning in with us for week three of this. And um, obviously, this is something that we'll probably continue to do for the next couple of weeks. So we appreciate you adjusting with us. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, live with us on Wednesday nights at 6.30. And then if you have a community group, you're more than welcome to uh, join with them on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And uh, we're probably going to continue in this uh, this mode of worship for the next couple of weeks, um, probably at least until May. And so uh, just get comfortable. I think that's what we've told you from the very beginning. And uh, all of you have done so well in uh, following us as we try to navigate the best we can through these uh, unprecedented circumstances. And uh, two things that I really wanted to point to your attention, and the slides should be up on the screen, uh, is that um, next Friday is Good Friday. And uh, we would love for you to tune in to Facebook Live next Friday. There will be a live service um, right here from this setting. And uh, it'll be just pretty much what we planned, a joint Good Friday service with uh, the church at Cane Bay and um, Pastor Chris, Pastor Joel, Pastor Will, and those guys there will be coming together as one big worship service next Friday. That's Good Friday. And uh, we think that'll be a really good opportunity and a good time for you to come and worship and um, remember what it is that Jesus Christ did for us on that day. And then the second thing that I want to point to your attention is that Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, we will also have a Facebook Live service that morning uh, so that you can worship and so that you can hear preaching and teaching and so that you can uh, be able to interact with us. Um, so there will be a Facebook Live uh, worship and message at 10 a.m. on Easter Sunday. And then following immediately after uh, the Facebook live server, and we're going to jump right into our community groups at around 11. Uh, we think that's been going wonderful the last couple weeks, and we've heard, uh, heard some awesome stories about how people are still getting connected and um, just uh, really jumping into the Hope Beyond God and digesting that with our groups. And so on Easter Sunday, we'll have a worship service at 10 a.m. and then jump into our community groups right afterwards at 11 a.m. Uh, but tonight, I wanted to talk with you a little bit, um, a, a little bit about where we are. And uh, I, I brought something with me tonight. I was actually going through my closet the other day, um, a couple weeks ago, and I realized that I had something that I didn't know that I had. And uh, I'll show it to you right now. <clears throat> this guy right here is the Macho Man, a uh, little wrestling buddy. I think the Macho Man right here is probably... Uh, one of the first toys or one of the first things that I remember like having as a child and I wrestled this guy for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours uh, growing up and as you can see uh, maybe you can tell he's all dirty um, he feels like he's been through the washing machine a lot, like he's really like puffy and really uh, wet. And that macho man, I tell you what, I have had that guy probably for about 28 years of my life, at least that's what it feels like. And he's been with me, I think, through five or six different moves now. Um, and, and somehow or another, my wife allows me to, to keep having that. And um, I love that thing. 
And, and it kind of reminds me a, a little bit about life. Like we, we love to hold on to things from the past and we love to bring things with us from the past into our present and into our, our today. Um, it's just like I like to carry the macho man with me, that toy that I like to think about the past and I like to think about the memories that we have. I think every single one of us we carry things with us from yesterday, and we, we've brought that into our todays and into our lives today. And, and I'll just give you a, a few examples of, of some of the things that I'm thinking about and some of the things that I'm talking about. I, I think about things like old habits, old relationships that we used to have. Um, I, I think about things like maybe anxiety. I think about things... Um, bitterness that maybe we used to have, secret sins that we used to have. Um, I think about a lot of those things that, that we, we probably used to, to live in before we began a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, and sometimes we, we allow those things to stick around. Um, we've brought them with us into a relationship with Jesus and we've allowed them to stay. Um, whenever we enter into a new relationship with Jesus Christ, those, those old things, they're supposed to pass away and they're supposed to be gone. Uh, but maybe in, in your life, and I, I definitely see it in my life, um, where I, I, I've brought things with me from the past into my today. And so I, I wanted to, to read to you a little bit of scripture from 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, that's where we're going to be. And um, basically, Peter's going to tell the church, he's going to tell them point blank. He's going to say, listen, you've got to let those things go. You've got to let them go. And that's what we're going to read in 1 Peter chapter 1, looking in verse 13. Um, if you're there, say, I'm there. It's good. I know you're there with me. Uh, 1 Peter 1, looking in verse 13. He says, therefore, preparing your minds for action. I love that. Preparing your minds for action. Remember, Peter is writing this letter to the church that's been exiled. Many of these people, they are uh, kind of displaced from their homes. They had to grab as many belongings as they could, grab their family members as fast as they could. They had to leave Jerusalem, leave a lot of the families that they knew, leave their work friends, leave their jobs, leave their grocery stores. They had to leave all those things, and they're living in exile. And so you would think that the words that Peter would say to the church are, as you hunker down, as you lay low, as you keep to yourself, you think that that would be the word that Peter has for the early church that's scattered, that's living in exile. That's not what he says, is it? He says, preparing your minds for action. I love that. As you are, are getting ready to do something, he says, and being sober-minded, he says, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We talked about that last week, that everything that we have to hope in is based in two things. And one is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We, we put our hope in the resurrection of Jesus, but then we also put our hope in the fact that Jesus is coming back one day. I don't know what's getting you through these times and what's getting you through these days, but if it's anything other than those two things, the fact that Jesus is alive and the fact that Jesus is coming back, 
then those things are faulty and they will not stand and you will eventually have nothing to hope in until you hope in these things. Listen to what he says. He says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. He says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, he says, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. As I read that, and, and remember, he, he's speaking here to the early church that's in exile that had to leave everything they know. I want you to think about and understand this. Peter really didn't have a great opportunity to walk through life with these early disciples. He didn't really have a chance to disciple them for several years in advance. He didn't have a, a long time to walk with them through Sunday school. He didn't have a long time to walk with them through community groups. He didn't have very long at all. And so what he did, as they all dispersed, he had to write these letters to tell them how they're to live. And so I'm sure that many of these early disciples, many of these disciples who had just placed their faith and trust in Jesus, that once they were displaced, that once they were moved into another culture, that once they were removed from their Christian friends, once they were removed from their Christian circles, I'm sure that it became very easy for them to fall back into a lifestyle that they used to live in. I'm sure that it became very easy for them to, to be conformed to the culture around them. We say this a lot at Creekside Church, that it's not about being conformed to the world around us, but it's about being transformed by Jesus who lives in us. And so Peter is writing this letter to them, and one of the very first things that he says to the early church and to those disciples who, who um, he wanted to guide, who he wanted to direct, was this, do not be conformed while you're living in exile. Then he goes on. He says, "Knowing, I'll start in verse 17. And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to one's deeds, he says, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Fear? I don't really know if Peter meant to use that word. Do you think that Peter really meant to use the word fear? I think he did. Fear what? Fear persecution? Um, fear isolation? Fear being turned into the government? Um, fear being alone? Fear uh, of a virus? Is that what Peter is referring to? Is uh, fear of getting sick? Fear of losing everything that we own? Fear of a, a stock market that's going down. Um, fear of those things. Is that what Peter is telling the early church to fear? No, it's not. Peter says for the early church to fear, fear our Lord and Savior who knows our very thoughts, who knows what's on our hearts, who knows the habits that we've brought into this lifestyle, who knows the former self that, that sometimes we revert to, Peter says that we are to live with fear, while, or to the early church, that they're to live in fear while they're in exile. 
And I've often heard it before. I've often heard it said, well, you know, he doesn't really mean fear. He's just talking about live with this reverency uh, uh, towards God. And and we're supposed to have respect. And we're supposed to have these posture towards God. Um, I think whenever we do that, I think we lose the meaning of the word fear, that we're supposed to work out our, our salvation with God with fear and trembling, recognizing that our God in heaven is holy and he has called us now to live a holy life. And so I think Peter would advise us to live in, in fear and live in this awe of our creator, knowing that he knows everything that we're thinking knowing that he knows everything that we're doing, everything that we're putting before our eyes, everything that we're saying, all those things that our God and Father in heaven who has saved us, he knows those things and he sees those things. He hears those things. I think that's something that we have to pay careful attention to. And then he goes on. He goes on to say, knowing that you were ransomed or that you were bought with with blood money from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, for the sake of me, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God. Peter tells the early church, he says, do not be conformed. He says, be holy. And he says that we're to live in fear. Why? Why are we to do this? Are we to do this so that we won't lose our relationship with God? Are we to do this because we've earned this status in God? Are we, are we to do this because God's going to be mad at us? No. Peter tells the early church, and he's telling you and me, he says, we are to live in a way that's transformed. We're to live with fear. We're to be holy, not because we're going to lose something or not because we've earned something, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus gave his very life. He gave his very blood the very essence of who he is, under the weight of his Father in heaven, under the weight of the wrath of the glory of God, he did that so that you and I might be freed from a past. And so I want to remind you tonight of the gospel. I want to remind you tonight of the good news, that there's nothing that you could do to earn your relationship with God. There's nothing that you can do to lose your relationship with God. That through the blood of Jesus Christ and through his resurrection and our faith in that, we have a relationship with God. But here's this, that now that we've been brought into a relationship with God, Peter tells us that we are to live as holy as we possibly can under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We are to be holy because he is holy. And so I just think about that as as we are right now, as you are where you are right now, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a crisis, although we are not the church that is in exile, you and me both, we are the church that's now living in isolation. And so if Peter were to write a letter to you and me today, if he were to write a letter to to us, the church, that's not living in exile, but that's living in isolation, 
He would say the same very things. Do not conform. Be holy. Live in fear. And I think, as, as I just know about myself, I know that many of us were going through the same things, that many of us were wrestling with the same things. We're reverting and conforming to the ways that we used to live. And I think about just a few ways that we're conforming to the ways of the world. One is having a spirit of anxiety. It's having a spirit of worry. Listen, I understand it. And I think as humans, it's perfectly natural, I think, for us to to be a little bit anxious at the changes, to be anxious at what has happened and uncertainty about what will happen. I think it's perfectly natural for us to have a little bit of, of, of anxious postures towards this. But listen, it's not okay for us to stay there. It's not okay for us to to stay anxious. We have to rely on verses like Romans 8 that we read two weeks ago that all things work together well or for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. If you used to live an anxious life and you were consistently worried about everything and and now even find yourself worrying about um, what's going to happen. Listen, and and I want to tell you this. That because of our relationship in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that lives within us, a part of our holiness and a part of our character now has to be a character who trusts wholly in the scriptures and who trusts wholly in a God who says that all things are going to work together for your good. All things are going to work together for your good. Have you, over the last couple of weeks, have you conformed to the way of anxiety? Have you conformed to a way of just an anxious spirit? I think maybe that God is calling us to repent of that. To say, I, I trust you, God. I, I trust that you have everything under your hand and you will you, you'll take care of me, whatever that means. All things work together for the good of those who love him. The second thing that I, I think about where we are, all of us are in this together. I think about the second thing that we have to really wrestle with is the issue of time. You see, every single one of us, we've been gifted with this wonderful gift of time. All of us. We've, we've had more time to spend with our families than we probably ever have. We've probably had more time to spend with God and be still and rest than we've ever had. We've probably had more time to be on mission and have conversations with our neighbors than we've ever had. Listen, this is a gift from God, the gift of time. This is not a time to goof off. This is not a time to isolate yourself from the rest of the world. This is not a time to watch a thousand movies in a day and never talk to the Lord. This is not a time for us to withdraw from God. This is a time for us to press into Him. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with the time that you have on your hands right now? Is it idle? Is it wasted time? Or have you used this to leverage the kingdom of God where you live and where you work? And then lastly, the third thing that I'm thinking about is just the spirit of anger. Uh, many of us, we, uh, we used to be angry, and when we met Jesus, we let the anger go. And over the last couple of weeks, we've, we've let that anger bubble up, and we flew off the handle at our 
kids while they're doing homework or we flew off the handle at our spouse or we flew off the handle uh, because of our uh, anxiety. We, we've maybe flown off the handle at somebody and, and I just want to remind you that because of the holiness and because of the character of God, that's something that we have to leave behind. It's something that we have to let go of. Do not be conformed. I think about where we are right now and where we are as a country, where we are as a city, where we are as a church, and where you are as maybe a disciple or maybe you've never had a relationship with God. I believe firmly that no matter who you are, that this is a time of repentance. This is a time for us to come back to God. This is a time for us to slow down, for us to listen, for us to draw near towards our Creator and towards our Savior. This is a time, no matter where you are, no matter who you might be, no matter what your circumstances might be, God is calling each and every one of us to come to listen and to feast. I wanted to read some scripture to you this, <clears throat> this morning. I'm going to be in uh, Psalms 103 this morning as I was reading from our Hope Beyond Guide. I hope that you've been following that with us. If uh, you don't have that resource, you can find it there uh, on our website at the community group page. It's a link there. I was just reading this morning in Psalm 103. This is what he says in Psalms 103, starting in verse 8. He says that the Lord is merciful and gracious. I love that. The Lord is merciful and gracious, that he is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Did you hear that? That the Lord does not deal with us according to our sins. He doesn't give us what we deserve, and this is called mercy. Nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. There's that word again. As far as the east is from the west, so far he does remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Ryan's going to come back and play in just a few seconds. And and I think that there are probably two audiences right now who are listening. I think there's two audiences out there. There's the audience out there that maybe because of this situation, because of this circumstance, you've allowed everything that's happened to push you and draw you in closer towards God. And for that, we praise Him. We say, thank you, God that we have the blessing of a closer walk with God. But then I'm sure that there's another audience out there, there's another group that everything that's happened has just pushed you further and further away. And you've been anxious. You've been wasting time. You've been filling your time with, with garbage, things that aren't, uh, aren't holy, aren't edifying. And, and those... Uh, you've been maybe pushed to anger. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to allow this, this opportunity to be for your good and for His glory. Because it's just like the psalmist says that whenever we turn, 
that in that we will find kindness, we will find mercy, we will find peace in a God who's ready to receive us. If you're out there and you need prayer tonight and you would like one of our pastors to pray for you, all you need to do is simply leave a comment there in the comment box and we'll be sure to pray for you. And uh, we won't mention you by name, but um, we'll just pray for you as, as you need us to and as you request us to. But I'm going to pray tonight and I would just, I'm going to pray for you and I'm just going to pray for right where you are and I hope that you would pray with me um, as we go to the Lord. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, as we come to you tonight, Lord, we, we know that, Lord, we're in a, a circumstance that is truly, truly unprecedented. Lord, we say it every week, and it seems like every week we come back, there's some new knowledge, there's some new information. Lord, the, the toll rises. Lord, and we're still in isolation, and... Many of us, I think, are asking, God, what do you want us to do? Well, maybe, or maybe this season is not about doing. Maybe this season is about being. Maybe this season that we have us in right now, Lord, is, is about drawing near. It's about cleaning the slate and putting to death those things that we still allow to come back up time after time after time. I also think about the verse in Romans 8, 8.13, that if by the Spirit we put to death the deeds of the body that we shall live. This is a time, God, where you're calling us to repent where you're calling us to come back to a holy God. Father, as the days come and the circumstances change every hour, every day, one thing is true. God, you know us. You love us. You've called us by name into your family. And this is nothing to take lightly. And so we just ask for, we ask for a movement in our own hearts. Before a movement can take place out there, Lord, it has to take place in here. And so come quickly, Jesus, come quickly into our lives. Change us and make us more like your son, Jesus. For those that are there, Lord, right now, listening to this and, Lord, have no relationship with you, Lord, may they see your goodness and your kindness. May they see your love and your grace, the holiness that's offered. God, we don't understand it all. We just know that we trust you and that we love you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. We love you, church family. However we can be of assistance to you or serve you, pray for you. We love you during this time. and We hope and pray that you haven't allowed this situation to consume you. We're tested. We're walking through fire right now all together. 
You're not alone. Your Father in heaven loves you. And your brothers and sister here love you too.